Hi guys, welcome back to Giant Talk, the world's first OKR podcast in partnership with Koan, the dedicated OKR platform. Today we're talking all about creating awesome OKRs and the technicalities of a great key result. And this episode, as you'll know, is part of our OKR toolbox of podcasts. It was season one content, but we're reworking it to make it more accessible and to help you get started with OKRs. And today I've got Roger with me and I'm sure you know who he is, but I'll give you, I'll let him give you a brief introduction. <laughs> yeah, sorry, guys, if you've heard this a lot of million times, but for anybody just coming straight into this one, and I think you might, we might find a few people kind of want to come straight into this one. Uh, so as Jenny said, my name's Roger. I'm the founder of Airby Giants. Uh, we've been working in the field of performance for 10 years now, but we've been focusing specifically on OKRs for over six years. So we've got quite a, a lot of experience under our belts collectively uh, on helping both organizations, large and small, to get going with OKRs. So uh, we're really pleased to be able to uh, talk about the art of writing good <laughs> OKRs today with you. Great stuff. Um, last episode, we spoke about um, how to get started with OKRs and people are raring to go and they want to get started crafting some great OKRs. So what does a great OKR look like? Okay. Well, before I jump into that, what I'm, I'd just like to start off by saying that this is where a lot of people start. You know, they think, let's just write our goals as OKRs and everything else will change. Mm-hmm. You know, everything else will fall into place. Uh, that's not the case. Hopefully, the, the previous conversation about kind of running a pilot and scoping that out has given some insight on how to do it. However... What I would say is that writing great OKRs is absolutely pivotal to helping them, you know, work for you. Yeah. So it is important to invest time and effort in into it because it is a skill. It is a skill. And I often find that, um, should we say, and I think kind of senior teams are worse at this. <laughs> um, they think, oh, how hard can it be? You know, let's just let's just write some, and then you see you you actually see what's been written, and you just think, oh, that's <laughs> not a great one. That's not going to cut the mustard, really. So I'm really pleased to be able to talk through this with you. So, uh, in terms of um, a top-notch objective statement, which is where we'd start. Interestingly, it's the objective statements which tend to take longer than the key results, even though. The key results, as you'll find out in a few minutes, can actually get quite um, uh, quite technical mm. in their focus. It's actually the objective states which often often take a lot more deliberation and discussion and so on and so forth. Even when they decide when the decision's been made as to what the objective should focus on, it's that wording, that language, which people become really passionate about, and rightfully so, I think, because language is. Uh, it is is really important. It mm. infers the amount of um, uh, of commitment, you might say, and the the, the level of a uh, drive behind an objective. You know, and 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 in terms of the features of a great objective statement, I would say it's simply saying what you're going to do, and then saying why you're going to do it. Mm. So it's what and why. Now. Nine times out of ten, when I see an objective statement that's being written uh, before we've done any training or coaching with a client, it usually just focuses on the what. Okay. An example being, you know, increase sales, right? 
yeah, okay, that says what you're going to do. But what is that inc increase in sales going to allow us to do as a result? Is it going to be increased sales so that we have the ability to invest back in the business or, or that we can, um, you know, pay new bonuses or, or you know, but the, 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 the purpose of, a, of an objective statement is, is, to, is for the reader to, A, feel, understand what, what, what needs to be done at a high level, but B, also feel some degree of um, motivation, some mm. degree of oomph from it. And the thing is that, and this is a blind spot to a lot of senior teams that I've, I, I find uh, uh, is, is really common, is that they will write an objective as they understand it in a way that is meaningful to them. And because they live at that higher level of, 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 of kind of uh, strate strategic thinking, they see the connections and they understand that if we increase um, revenue, we'll be able to you know, invest back in the business. Mm. But the point is that the rest of the business reading that are not party to those regular strategic discussions and making all those strategic connections. And so therefore, they could just perceive that as, oh God, they're just sweating us even further mm. and, and we just don't understand. And one of, the, one of the, the key principles of OKRs is that they should help to connect people, this is all part of alignment, connect people who are, who are uh, aligning into OKRs with a really strong sense of purpose. And that purpose is often driven by the why. Mm. So that's why it's important to 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 expand on. Uh, 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 once you've said what you're going to do, expand on it. Not 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 create war and peace. You can do it within one single sentence, but expand on it just to say why. And all you have to do is you can you can just use so that. So you know, increase revenue so that. And you, if you just put those, those two words at the end of what you say you're going to do, that then encourages you to expand mm. on why you want to do it. Just a quick question from me there, when you said about kind of motivating people, would yeah. you suggest to our listeners then that they were quite emotive with, with their objective statements? I would suggest that they use language which absolutely is uh, culturally acceptable, culturally suitable, a good fit, in other words, for their organisation. Mm -hmm. You know, I've seen some objective statements that, should we say, have, has had quite colourful language in, <laughs> in them. And, and they not, uh, I mean, it's, they're not for public consumption. You know, these are internal statements. They're not going to go on the website, yeah? So if, if, if you know, if you want to say something about we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna smash our targets and slay the competition, mm. <laughs> you know, and use some emotive words like that because you know it's gonna it's gonna push some buttons and you know, uh, uh, and, and uh, for, for for the for the wider audience, then do it mm. absolutely do it. Don't feel like you've got to use kind of you know corporate you know stale language with these. Make them. Make them emotive if that's what culturally works in, in the organisation. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, definitely, definitely. 
Great. So I think obviously we've spoke about what makes kind of a top-notch objective statement and I guess it's a little bit goes back to trial and error as, as well like we spoke about in the last episode um, and part of the objective statement is then how it links to fantastic key results. So do you want to give us kind of a little bit about key results at this section we'll obviously speak a little bit more about the technical technicality shortly. Yeah sure so you know a good key result uh, basically it needs to be measurable so you know an objective should be uh, a subjective statement it should have no measures uh, of any description in it because that then starts to confuse it as a key result the key result is where the measures sit and the best key results are the simplest you don't need a big long description mm-hmm. you know to take that example i was using before you know increase revenue so that we can you know reinvest back in the business if that's your objective statement uh, then your you know a suitable key result under that might be um, increase revenue from X to Y, mm-hmm. or you might go down into a little bit more detail and say you know we want to see revenue from this product increase from X to Y, or revenue in this market increase from X to Y. Um, now you don't need anything more than that. The best the best key results are the ones that are brief that have exactly what they need in them and 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 that's it and you from those examples that i gave you there was one really important thing to mention that i didn't say increase revenue to x i said increase revenue from x to Mm -hmm. y okay so it's really important to have that starting point that baseline to show that delta of improvement that you want to do. And this is where I would I would urge listeners to try and avoid using percentages and use actual numbers. Because if you want to increase sales by 100%, but you're only selling you know, $1,000 worth of uh, product at the moment, and that means increasing to $2,000, that may not be the sort of growth that you're looking for. You actually may want to go from a thousand, and actually, we can go up to ten thousand or twenty thousand, or you know, which actually percentage-wise is a vast improvement. Mm. But you can percentages can conceal quite a lot. So it, it, you know, in terms of the stretch, the stretch is far more meaningful when you use actual, yeah. actual numbers, actual figures rather than percentages. Okay. Sometimes it's unavoidable to use percentages, but um, like for instance, if you're going from market, you know, in terms of market share, you know, I would expect to perhaps use a percentage measure there. But in most circumstances, you, it's best to go for an actual uh, actual number. So use them where you need to, really, and avoid yeah. them where you can. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So something that I'm sure our listeners have probably heard of is lead and lag metrics so can you just kind of explain a little bit about what you mean by those and maybe give some examples if you can yeah so this is where we're getting into the point of um the the different types of key results Mm. now there's kind of like a a, a, i hate the term hierarchy but i think here it is appropriate i think there is a hierarchy of of uh of of key results or, or types of key results shall i say where absolutely the best ones that we should be aiming for are outcome-based key results, ones that are a true measure of performance, that they measure impact, 
that they measure, uh, you, you know, the actual results that are achieved by something that has been done. Yeah. Those are without doubt the best types of key results, hugely, because they measure the the like I say, the results of what's been done, not so they're not measuring activity, they're measuring impact. That's yeah. that's that's the key distinction. Because if we only have key results which are measuring impact, all we're doing is we're just ticking things off and saying they've been done. Now I was talking to um a very well-known business here in the UK yesterday. Uh, and um, even at a senior level, they were admitting that over the years gone by, they have been really, really poor at actually tracking impact. And they've been popping champagne corks when they've mm-hmm. just been delivering things. Mm, just to without, do it. Yeah, without any measure of whether those things that they were delivering were actually doing what they were designed to do in the first place. Mm. Which, is, which, which is, in one respect... Um, quite scary, but in another respect, kind of quite refreshing for, for for their candor anyway, but quite refreshing from the point of view of it's not just, you, you know, it's the big, the big guys don't even get this right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it is a discipline. It's a shift in mindset. This is, it's a shift in mindset. And for some organizations and people in those organizations, this can be quite threatening because it's challenging them to move from appearing like they're busy to actually proving themselves, mm. yeah, proving that what they've done really, really has a difference. And I suppose yeah. you've got the characters that are just doers as well, that just want to get through a list. Yeah. I suppose that's quite a difficult, like you say, shift for those types of people as well. That's right. That's right. Mm. That's right. So that's the, that's the first level of the hierarchy, if you will. The second level, so that's what we call, oh, by the way, that's what we call uh, a lagging metric. Lagging in that you're measuring something after an event has happened, mm-hmm. okay? And that event being, you know, a go-live date, a release date, a launch date, okay? Whatever it was that you were building is now out there. It's being sold, it's performing, and you want to measure its its performance. So to give like a real life example on that, would that be, say, for example, your new website's gone live and you want to see an uplift in visitors from X to Y within like three months or something like that? Would that be a good example on that? A, possibly. Yes. Yes. Because you wouldn't, you couldn't possibly measure that before the website mm-hmm. goes live. It's a, I guess that that's, that's a really good example because I think in the short term that could be classed as a, as a lagging indicator but me with my business head on, I would never be satisfied with just leaving it there. Yeah. I'd want to see then what those visitors are doing and how they yeah. convert and the number mm. of leads leaving to, you know, all the way through to, to sign business. You know, the sign business is the, is the ultimate outcome that, that, that we'd be looking for in that situation. But yes, mm-hmm. yes. It, it, and this is what you raised there is a really good point about, the perspective whose perspective we're looking at this from in the business because you know marketing would view as you that example very much as a lagging metric Mm -hmm. but then uh, others in the business probably like um uh uh, like like uh, the executive team for instance would view that as perhaps a leading metric okay okay because it's 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 a and this nicely brings us into the second one, which is leading metrics. And um, 
Leading metrics are associated with, um, we, we sometimes call them predictors of success. Okay. okay. So they are signs that you're on the right track uh, towards the that, 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 that headline lacking metric that you want to, that, you know, that performance measure, that ultimate performance measure that you want to use. And the uh, and sometimes you have to have these leading metrics because you are building something, for instance. Mm-hmm. And so take that example of building a website. Um, you know, some of that will involve testing. Yeah. And you might have a metric around uh, the number of um, uh, the number of tests that you've run successful tests they they the you might have a a metric around the um you know or the ha, uh, the bugs for instance in it um you might have a metric around um the you know this is how, i guess how granular you want to go in terms of website i know there's all sorts of analytical data you can use but something around the you know in the testing it's maybe not just the number of tests but it's also how the website performed in tests okay mm. So these are, I mean, this is these are not putting money in the bank, but they are predictors of success because you want that website to perform really well when it's out there and it's public. So therefore, you know, it performing well in test is really important. But that's a leading indicator. Okay, yeah. that's a that's a leading indicator. So um, where you can, yes, you're still using a metric, and you should still use that principle of we want to get it from X to Y. So you know your baseline, you know you start, and you should try and use numbers as opposed to percentages and all that still applies the 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 third type in the hierarchy um is what we would call milestone key results now these ones are to be used with um uh, uh with with a, a health warning with a caution <laughs> okay sometimes they are absolutely necessary they do verge into uh, measuring activity rather than impact but i believe there is a justification for bringing these into key results if for instance you know again to come back to your example of of websites if you're uh wanting to or needing to report on progress around the build of that website yeah and you uh i mean yes there'll probably be a a project plan and we're not talking about converting a key result or converting a project plan into a key result and, and using that we don't need that level of detail but what is useful is to have um the the 100 being you know delivery website live for mm-hmm. instance um but then um you know then work back in maybe even sort of you know, what does 20% progress look like? What does 40%? What does 60%? What does 80%? You know, you don't need to go any more detail than that. And so if you define those when you build the key results at the beginning, before the period starts, then when, if you're owning that key result, you report against it and you say, we are 40% complete on this, then it's transparent. It's very clear what that 40% represents. Otherwise, if that if that's if that statement as to what the milestones uh, mean isn't there, then it's just based on your judgment. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And nothing else. Makes right? sense. And, that, and that's not transparent. And and the reason why I think it's important to 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 include this into into key results it comes back to 
one of the principles, which I think we talked about, and if we haven't, we certainly will talk about. And one of the principles that was really important to us, in, uh, and we encourage clients to 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 kind of take on board when um, when thinking about where they should use or how they should use OKRs, is to use them as a spotlight. Okay, and, mm-hmm. and a spotlight zeroes in, focuses attention on, in on what matters most. And if you're building a website because you need to improve website conversions, you know, your old one isn't cutting it, you need a new one, then the the actual activity of building that, uh, I would argue, warrants that spotlight focus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, you know, the, the criteria for, for, for whether you should, whether something should have an OKR is if it's driving change, growth, or innovation. This is driving both growth, potentially. Yeah. Uh, it's certainly a change for us. And maybe some of the technology in it is innovating. Yeah. I don't know. So it might actually tick all three boxes. So I would argue that it, it, it that uh, in terms of the the activity that is sort of pre-launch, probably with that example, there's there's a, a, a mix of milestone and leading key results that would be good indicators to show that we're on track, and what we're seeing is is, is are good predictors of success. Good yeah. predictors of success. So, yeah, those are the those are the those are the three that I would say are kind of in the hierarchy. Just one final point on why milestones are good is something when we often see in in key results that ha, that have been written in the early stages of OKRs are key results that are written as binary key results. Okay. So you either have so you you see a statement and again to come back to the example of the website it might might just say the statement might just say website has gone live now the way that is written it it either is live or it isn't live and in terms of reporting against that throughout the quarter well is it live yet (laughs) the answer is no but there could be a hell of a lot of work that is going on and you uh, and and you 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 know the the those those that are kind of what keeping a watching brief on this would want to understand whether that works on track, uh, what stage is it is it at, so on and so forth. So you can you can you can take what might have been written as a binary statement and convert it into a milestone key result, which which gives it more transparency and gives it a lot more meaning, and also means that. Uh, people can understand the progress against it, and also let's not forget the person that's owning it. If they if they can if they you know if their work is ninety nine percent complete, but they're still showing it, zero progress against it because it's written as a binary, then how how demoralizing mm. is that? Mm. <laughs> you know, and and it, and and and, and a, a final point I'll say on this <laughs> <laughs> is from the point of view of preparing for the following quarter it's really important to have good okr data around progress and confidence mm-hmm. that helps you forward plan that helps you plan in advance instead of having to wait until right at the That's end of the minute. period mm-hmm. yeah to see where we finally finished so if you're just if you've got a load of binaries that are showing uh no 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 then that's not great data against which to be confidently planning for the next quarter 
So there's another argument for using milestones instead of binaries, I would say. I think going back to a point you mentioned there about kind of motivation as well in terms of like projects where it's just go live or not, for example, I think is capacity issue as well, potentially, because if people, there's no transparency around the work that's being done in their lead up to that go live date, for example, it's kind of people don't really understand maybe the process. They don't understand what's on that person yeah. to be able to yeah. deliver as well. So it makes yeah. complete sense. Yeah. 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 Okay. So I guess why does all this matter? And is it ju- and is it just consultants being perfectionists? Oh, you mean I've made my case already? <laughs> yeah, you pretty much have. <laughs> yeah. Why does it matter? It, it's because um, if the OKRs are are not written well, and uh, then they kind of lose. They're off to a they'll they'll be off to a sticky start right from the word go, okay. And you'll you'll find if you're owning uh, a key result, for instance, throughout the quarter, if it's not being written well and it's not easy to report on, and it's not clear and it's not transparent, then it's going to become quite frustrating. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it, it's it, it, it's for you as the owner, but then also for those that need to understand the data that you should be inputting. Mm-hmm. So it, it's that that the you know the 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 way that you write your OKRs goes directly towards the quality of the data that you will gain whilst you're working through the quarter, which, as I've I've said, can then have knock-on effects around you know your ability to then forward plan, uh, which is you know a, a cornerstone of agility, um, and you know it could potentially mean that you have more downtime because you need more time to plan for the next quarter than so you actually end up losing okr time for the next quarter so maybe what i'm hopefully illustrating there is you know good good well good well written okrs can can help to improve through the quality of the data the agility of the organization and also you know your uptime in the in 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 the, in the next quarter so you've actually got more time to work on okrs and have to spend less time on planning because you've had that data in advance which helps you to to do that advanced planning yeah really interesting i think as well just from kind of my point of view i think the objective statement comes back to inspiration as well and we've mentioned motivation and inspiration and i think something we've mentioned in previous toolbox episodes is about the set and forget trap that people potentially fall into yeah. So if the objective statement isn't motivating or inspiring from the get-go, it's kind of that lead you down that path quite quickly, I would imagine. So That's right. That's mm. right. That's right. And, you know, the, the power of the objective statement goes to the heart. It's it's a leadership challenge in many respects. Mm. It's a leadership challenge. You know, I was, I was working with a client um, a few days ago and um, one of uh, – it, it was a comment made by a member of an executive team um, and I was working with him and his team. I wasn't working with the executive team. I was working with him and his team. And he said, um, why do I need to write it in a way that other people will understand it? Why? Yeah, my guys will understand it. Mm. And, and, but that's what he was missing there was that it doesn't exist in, um, in a silo. And unfortunately, that's... That that's that type of thinking has driven a lot of silo working in that organization in the past, and they are seeking to, you know, to use OKRs to try and break through that. Um, and it, it, in the end, he got it, you know, mm. after three hours 
of 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 working through OKRs, and he he he, fi- he finally got it. But he he started off with 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 that point of view. You know, my guys know what they need to do. Yeah. You know, I don't need to write something engaging and inspiring because they 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 know what they need to do, and they'll just get the job done. Yeah. Yeah. But what he failed to appreciate was actually, you know, his his teams, his 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 projects, and his people don't exist in a vacuum. You know, and other parts of the business. Uh, need to work alongside his teams, need to either work on the same projects as his teams mm. and may well fall under the objectives that he set, that he sets. So therefore, connecting those to the strategic priorities of the business helps to provide something that they can use from a leadership perspective to try and instill a sense of purpose in their people. Mm. And who's to say that, yeah, okay, the people that, as he said in his team that we'll just get on with it might not actually kind of get on with it a little bit better and a little bit faster and a little bit happier mm-hmm. if they did have a sense of purpose mm, yeah? yeah so yeah so there is there that you know you only have to look at the the stuff that over the, over the past sort of 10 years that's been written around you know the 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 the, the fresh look that's been taken on what it takes to motivate people and what the, particularly the the new sort of generations coming into the workforce really really value and it is you know uh, that 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 purpose autonomy and mastery as Dan Pink says you know and this is what OKRs really helps do helps to do you've got uh, the purpose from an inspiring ob- objective statement you've got the autonomy this is I'm glad I mentioned this because this is a really mm-hmm. good point you've got the autonomy that comes from having an outcome key result set mm. right an outcome because the minute you 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 give someone um you present someone with an outcome key result right and say right i'd like you to try and work out a way for us to get to that finishing point we want to get to the other side of the river yeah that's the outcome and i want to get over there without getting my feet wet i've no idea how to do it but you are the experts. You're the expert bridge builder. You're the expert, you know, boat builder, whatever. You work out how to do that, just as so long as I can get to the other side without getting my feet wet. That is, you know, that is, that's very different to to to, to saying, uh, right, build me a bridge. Yeah. It's the trust yeah. and your belief in your people, isn't it, to deliver? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. It is. It is. And that, again, comes to, comes back to the leadership um uh, challenge here and there is i think for some leaders who have been used to kind of working at detail level and perhaps being used to having should we say a fair degree of control command and control in their style it's a challenge to them to go mm. um to to move from saying i want to get to here rather than saying i want you to do this yeah yeah and that's the that that's that's how uh, uh, you know a, 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 a key result can can work really really powerfully really really powerfully. And the the final point about mastery, going back to Dan Pink's Dan Pink's three, you know, purpose, autonomy, mastery. The final thing about mastery is it's part of this test, learn, and adapt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's absolutely part of agile working. It's absolutely part of certainly how we um, encourage clients to to approach OKRs. And so you have the you're providing teams with the and, and individuals with the opportunity to to learn and improve every time the cycle goes round. Every time the cycle goes round. 
Yeah, it's really fascinating. I think I'm sure our listeners got a lot of that in terms of both objective statements and key results. And it was almost like we planned it because we spoke about silos at the end and next episode of our toolbox we'll be talking about cross-functional working. Oh, fantastic. So <laughs> we fantastic. didn't plan it, but you led me in very nicely. So thank you for that. <laughs> Thanks for joining us again for another great episode of Giant Talk. If you are looking for any kind of support with your objective statements or key results, again, there's lots of resources on therebygiants.com, so check them out there. And we'll see you next time for another great episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Jen.